Hello and welcome to episode number six of the How To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power, once again joined by the Candleman himself, Sean Bennett. Sean, how you doing? I am doing good. How are you doing, John? Oh, it's been a it's been a wonderful week, man. Many, many things going on. Getting into hobbies, getting into trouble. Uh, on the trail, not, not actual legal trouble. You, you <laughs> listeners out there. Um, I've taken a couple spills, Sean. Yes. On I the saw mountain the, bike. I saw the scrapes in your legs. When you know, I went on that hike last week. I, I saw the damage. Oh, well, you know, uh, you, you found me out. I I've gone a little bit crazy and, um, and, and actually to be completely honest with you, Sean, I'll take following on the trail over falling on the road any day <laughs> of the week. At least I'm not losing pieces of skin when I fall on the trail. That's <laughs> At true. least and, so and far. you don't have other people watching. That, that's <laughs> always the worst part for me because I do not fall elegantly, John. I, I fall horrendously. And I swear every time I fall, whether it's on a bike or tripping, there is a crowd. <laughs> that's that's uh that's how I felt when I was learning how to ride clipless pedals. Uh, it just seemed like everywhere I went, there was a car right behind me watching me fall into a parked vehicle. It was uh-huh. quite, <laughs> it was quite embarrassing for a good 30 minutes there riding, bumbling. I'm not even going to call it riding, Sean. It was bumbling around North Park. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Well, let's get into tonight's topic. This is going to be one for the ages. I'm excited, Sean. This is episode six. Did you even think we'd get here? I mean, I am just blown away by the response so far. I am too. I am pumped. I, I love the responses we've been getting. Uh, I, I just, I can't believe we're here and that we're lucky enough to get to do this. That is right, man. Got it. Got can't say it enough. How, how grateful I am to be here and, and share these moments with you, but let's get into tonight's topic that the, the listeners are getting restless. They want to hear what we have to cook up next. And tonight is going to be one that I know they're interested in. And that is camping. Oh, yeah. Now, before we get into our normal format, listeners, which is the what you need, how to get it and how to get out and do it and do it well, of course, we're going to go through the types of camping you can do first. Sean, what are some of these uh, differences in the camping world? Yeah, so there, there's two main types of camping. Uh, and and just to give a little bit of background on the two of us, I, I camped a lot when I was a kid. Um, okay, I wouldn't say a lot. I went camping with my family when I was a kid, and I've done <laughs> some backpacking trips and, and things like that. So for me, most of my camping was tent camping. So we would either drive to a campsites or a couple of backpacking trips I did, we were tent camping. And the, the other version of camping is called car camping. So then there's kind of a mix of in between. So tent camping is what you consider the traditional form of camping. So you are in a tent, you're either on a campsite or maybe you're doing a through hike or a backpacking session. We'll get to that in a later episode, John, won't we? And uh, <laughs> that that's, that's the classic version of camping. There's also car camping and that has become really popular over the past. I've seen five ish years, five, 10 years, especially with COVID people have gotten really big on car camping and you know it's really popular you can you can do it everything from a hatchback to a full suv you know you pop the seats back and you lay some cots down and you and you camp in your car there's also kind of a hybrid whereas you sleep in a tent but all your stuff is kept in the car 
that's kind of the the in between. But when we're talking about camping tonight, we're talking about mainly tent camping is what we're going to focus on because that's most of where John and I have the skill sets and the experience. And then there's also car camping, which we'll touch on a little bit. And that's kind of where I'm working towards shifting my camping experience. I purchased a Subaru Forester. I'm trying to outfit it to get more into oh. car camping. But that, Subi that's, gang. Yeah, the Subi Shout gang. Out. So, so that's, that's where we're going tonight. But uh, those are the two types of camping that we'll be referring to this evening. That's right. And to be completely honest with you, listeners, most things that you would be bringing when you're tent camping, you would also be bringing when you're car camping. So if anything, we're, we're giving you the, the extra mile. That's the, that's how we do it here on the how to hobby podcast. We bring you value. We're going to give you the value centered tent camping, and then really pick and choose what you want when it comes to your car camping rig. And 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 go from there. So let's get into it. We're going to start with what you need to get going here with your new camping ideas. You're you're ready to get out there, see the world. I mean, there are so many amazing places to see, even just in the United States. I don't mm-hmm. think people truly get out there enough and understand just how fortunate we are to uh, be surrounded by this beautiful wilderness. Um, Sean and I are blessed for sure, because we live in Southern California and Southern California, if you're unaware is kind of this mixed bag of climates coming together in the sense of you have desert, you have more Alpine conditions, and then you have the beach. So you can really experience all the highs and lows that come with each one of those types of camping. And, uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but for the main purposes of this episode, we'll say Sean and I are going out to our local mountains, the Laguna mountains, and we're going to, we're going to get a, a short weekend trip in. So we'll talk you through what we believe is a must have first, and then we'll talk about the nice to have. So Sean, what are you trying to do first when you, when you got a Laguna trip coming up here? And you're trying to get an idea of what to do. Uh, My first step and the listeners will definitely sense a common theme here across most of our episodes is the first step when you're getting into a new hobby or you're John and I and we're, we're experienced, we're going out camping is you have to have a plan, a plan of some sort. And you, you have to put that together. It's always the first thing you do with any new hobby or any venture you're taking, you're going down. Uh, You have to have some sort of a plan. So that can include you your route of how you're going to get to and from, let's say we're going to a campsite, to and from the campsite, how you're going to get there, what the weather is looking like for this weekend, what kind of clothes am I going to need? Uh, just kind of start planning those those deals. And you can work with, you know, like I say, it's John and I going out, we'll start coordinating our plans. But the important part is not just to have a plan, it's to tell people your plan. So if it's just mm-hmm. John and I going out this weekend and we've developed a plan, we're going out, we're both going to tell our families where we're going, what we're going to be doing, how long we're going to be there. If we're not back by this set time, you need to, you know, start send out the search party for us. So the number one thing is to have a plan and communicate that plan to your loved ones at home. So that, that's, that's where I always start with any trip. And I'm talking from road trip to camping to anything is a plan. And then once you have that plan, that's when you can start focusing on the gear you need. So I'm going to let John go into the the first couple of things you need when it comes to camping gear. Oh man, do we have a an action packed 
episode is brimming with value tonight, Sean. And the first thing you need, go figure listeners out there is a tent. If you're going to be doing some tent camping, you're going to have to acquire a tent to be able to stay safe uh, and to experience uh, camping in a tent. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty obvious, I'd say, Sean. I think that's something that our listeners could gather right away. Uh, The other thing that's important uh, when it comes to camping, and and I will say this regarding that before I move on, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here, Sean. The tent, a lot of people will talk to you about how you need to have this amazing tent and it needs to be this three seasons, this and that. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, there is nothing better, Sean. I'm sure, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. I want to know your thoughts. But the Coleman Standard line of tents from Walmart is is it's just so good for for especially when again we're driving to the trail or the campsite to mm-hmm. then put up our tent, so we don't have to worry about weight. We don't have to worry about any of those things that people get wrapped around the axle. And again, if I'm an engineer saying you don't have to worry about weight, you probably don't. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I, I definitely agree. I think when it comes to camping, the tent is an area where a lot of people will focus on. I have to have the best top of the line gear. And it, it, for me, when it comes to the tent, I'm lucky enough. My, my parents gifted me a, a, an extra lightweight, super backpacking tent a few Christmases ago that I oh, still have not used. Sorry, what, what mom. Do you, what do you have, Sean? <laughs> you know, honestly, I can't remember. I, I knew oh. as soon as I said it, you were going to ask. And uh, uh, shout out to my amazing parents for getting me that tent <laughs> I haven't used yet. Um, but Oh, man, we're going to have uh, to break that one in, man. I know we are. We are. All I, right, actually, all right. the, the Christmas I got it, I set it up in the living room. <laughs> because, oh, my because gosh, I had to use man. It. But but the the tent, like you said, John, it's it's not you can't you shouldn't get unless you're going like you're snow camping or something like that. Then you might want to focus on maybe a warmer tent. But for general camping, I think just an, a a nice, well respected like a Coleman tent. Um, the one thing I will say is I'm a bigger person. I'm six two, kind of broad. Like for me, if I were to get a one person tent, there would be absolutely no way. I would be comfortable. So when you're looking at like a one, two, three person or upwards, when it comes to how many people you're going to be camping with, I recommend if you're a bigger person, like mine is a three person tent so that I could have two people sleep comfortably because I take up a lot of space. And so my gear will also take up a lot of space. So that I think is the more important part to focus on. Don't worry about the, like the, the brand name, or it has to be the the best tent. It's get a tent that's going to fit your size for what you're looking for. Then as you get more experience, you need to upgrade because you notice something like this, whatever it is, go for it. But I think just a basic tent, just make sure it will fit what you need. Yeah. And how fun is it, Sean, when you're a kid and you have like the Citadel of tents mm-hmm. and you're just like, it's the, I don't even know. I think it's a, the 10 or 12 person tent that Coleman makes. <laughs> that thing is amazing. And I mean, uh-huh. it's just so cool. Anyway, I don't want to get too far in on the tent game, but Coleman has always been great. And I still like taking mine out. Uh, my four, we have a four person for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have got, could have went a little bit bigger. I think, I think maybe the six person, if they make that, so I think maybe they go four, eight, but regardless, um, get out there, find a, a reasonable tent to get started and you will not, uh, have any issues. Now let's move into our next thing. And this is kind of what you're going to be putting inside the tent to get yourself nice and ready to catch some Z's. Cause that's what we do when we get out in the wild, right? We get 
we get the best sleep of our life, right, Sean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, some of <laughs> so like there's nothing better than I, I mean, and I've even slept bare bare sleeping pad, no tent, and that was that was an amazing night's sleep. Like there's there's nothing quite like connecting. For me, it's the quiet of camping that I like so much. Mm. They, when you're and granted, we're from San Diego, so there there might be some people, some listeners who are from quieter areas, but they're rolling their eyes. In, in, <laughs> in Southern California, it is incredibly difficult to find places where you can't hear people. Like you can't hear leaf blowers and lawnmowers and cars honking and freeways. And so my favorite part of of any of the activities we've talked about hiking, camping, whatever it is, is that you get the chance to go somewhere quiet and there is right. nothing like a quiet night's sleep. And, and th- that's amazing. So with that being said, you got to get the sleep of your life. And to do that, you have to have a sleeping apparatus, a sleeping, what they actually call it is a sleep system, right? Because these two things just live in and amongst each other, whether you are, uh, it's just better. Again, it just keeps, keeps things nice and um, together and organized, but I always view it as my sleeping pad and sleeping bag. Now, other people throw in other things there for their sleep systems, but for my purposes, I always go with a standard sleeping pad and sleeping bag. I think I have a mountain hardware down sleeping bag, 15 degrees, Sean, because I do Mm -hmm. get out there in colder temperatures. I'm also kind of, I'm a cold guy, so I need to get that (laughs) I I could probably even go lower to be honest with you, (laughs) but also a good sleeping pad, get that thermal barrier between you and the ground. You will. Oh man, the ground, people don't realize how cold it can be when you just lay straight on the ground. Oh, it Um, is the greatest thermal like heat sink is your back on a cold ground. Yeah. They're still trying to replicate it. That's (laughs) they're still (laughs) trying to find a medium as good as, just ground. It just sucks up all of your heat. So you will have one of the worst nights of sleep. If you don't put some sort of barrier between you and the ground, I've been with buddies out in the field who decided to go with, you know, the bivy setup and didn't, I don't, maybe they had a, a pad or it was like a thin pad or, you know, they didn't mm-hmm. actually, they had bought a nice sleeping bag and not the pad. And then, you know, the pad only is about 50 bucks depending i mean 50 to 100 but that i've, I've actually... even found like i my, the sleeping pad that i have now and sorry to cut you off john is actually oh, no problem. i think it was like 25 dollars at costco and it's one of the self-inflating so you just roll it out unscrew the knob and it self-inflates i only Ooh. got that one because i went on a backpacking trip when i was at sdsu and they let us use their camping gear and that self-inflating camp like sleeping pad was part of our gear and as soon as I slept on it, I was like, this is amazing. Cause it rolls up nice and tight. You just roll it out, unscrew and it auto fills. Cause it has like elastic that pulls the stretches out, pulls the air in. But I've wow. also slept on just simple folding ones. I got an REI for like $40 and, mm-hmm. and those are great too. So there's, there's all kinds of options out there. Yes, definitely. Um, so let's now jump in. It's important to, to have a good sleep system for sure. We can't harp on it enough. You will feel more comfortable. This actually leads into it as well. Um, so our next thing that is a must-have in the gear selection is cool and hot weather gear. And for the purposes of transitioning here from sleeping, uh, you need to have some cool weather gear. And again, I view this as I even have my gear specific to sleep. I don't know if you do mm-hmm. this, Sean, but 
when I'm getting ready after a, a big day of hiking or I've been backpacking or even just camping, I always take off my dirty clothes from the fire and and, you know, run around the dirt all day and and pull on my nice, clean, cool oh, leather, oh, uh, yeah. long underwear. And I even have a merino wool long sleeve shirt now with a beanie. And those three things for me have just I mean, it just I sleep like a baby, man. It's oh, it's it, good. It, having like clean clothes to put on after a long day, because usually when you're going camping, you're doing hiking and or playing or riding bikes, whatever it is. And I think that uh, there's nothing quite like after a long day sitting in front of a fire in a, a fresh, clean set of clothes like that. That is that is an, the, one of the most underrated aspects of getting outside, I think. Yeah, you got to got to have the 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 home comforts where when mm -hmm. you can. And I think that's part of the value we want to give you guys from our experience with with this. It's very important to bring the stuff and have the stuff that makes you feel comfortable when you want to feel comfortable most, because when you're running around out in the hot sun, you know, your, your body's kind of like up and moving. You don't really care too much, but when you kind of are settling down, you're going to want to have your nice down jackets. Um, we live in Southern California. So the temperature swings can be more intense than other places. I mean, it's more of a desert climate. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, it'll be, 85 during the day or, you know, with the sun beating on you, but at night it'll be dropping down to the low fifties, sometimes high forties, uh, mm -hmm. just in the, in the summer. And people, I mean, I found myself in this situation where I'll forget my jacket or something and, oh man, I'm, I'm going around to my buddy saying, Hey man, can I borrow that? <laughs> I, I've seen like 40 to 50 degree weather swings, like temperature swings, um, depending on where you're at or what's going on, it, especially if a, a windstorm comes in. Like we, when I was camping, when I was a kid, we had a windstorm roll in that was coming down the mountain and it dropped the temp so fast. And it was, it was insane how quickly it, it can go from 90 degrees sweltering in the day to 42 degrees and freezing at night. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's and that, that, that's all part of that plan. You have to plan for that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and check the weather before you head out, mm -hmm. folks. That's another important tidbit. <laughs> so with that being said, when it is 85 to 100, depending on what time of year you are doing your you're out there in the wilderness, you want to also have some hot weather gear, whether that's a hat to cover your head when you're out there hiking, um, keep the sun off your face and, you know, maybe a short sleeve shirt with some UV protection built in um, some nice. I, I kind of vary between shorts and, and my, uh, pants that are kind of like hiking specific. They're the most comfortable pants I have in my wardrobe, but my wife won't let me wear them <laughs> other than when I'm camping. So, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's one of those things. Uh, definitely something is worth spending more money on. I'd say from REI is just some of the hiking oriented, um, pants, you, you need one pair and then you're mm -hmm. good for life. Practically is the way I view it. So, yeah. or at least until you get a hole or, but I mean, when, you know, mine, I've been hiking in mine for three or four years now and I haven't had any issues. I, I don't have a specific set of hiking pants. I've, I've looked into them, but I never needed them for the climates I was going to. But I know I've talked to people who've gotten pants from REI and whatever brand you get, depending on their return policies. I mean, there was there was a guy who went on a, a backpacking trip that I went on in SGSU that 
had a uh, squirrel chew a hole through his shirt while we were out there because he, <laughs> he hung it over the tree one night to dry and a squirrel just wrecked his shirt. Oh. And he took it back to REI and they, they took it back and replaced it for free. So well, that's <laughs> REI is pretty amazing with their return uh, policy. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because those prices, I mean, I still, oh, every yeah. time oh, I, yeah. <laughs> you pay for what you get. Ooh, ooh, all right. But yes, I mean, it is, it can be worth it when you mm. are dealing with extreme squirrels out there, Sean, they're, they're vicious. <laughs> I mean, they you are, just, they are evil. You never know when one's just going to like eat right through your, <laughs> I, who, who said bears? I mean, what's a bear? Uh, just, squirrels a bear? are just as bad. Um, okay. So all joking aside, let's, let's keep moving on here, listeners. And we're going to jump into something that's pretty, pretty apparent after you or when you're coming out of the city and you're getting out there, you need to bring water and food to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's what we need as humans. So I like to bring things like, uh, eggs, uh, bacon, uh, things that I can throw on to my cast iron skillet from the cooking episode. You probably know I'm a big fan of the cast iron pan. Um, and there is no better use for it than to bring it out into the wilderness. I mean, it is the most dirt. You throw it right over the fire and it'll do its magic, bring mm -hmm. some butter or some olive oil and kind of have like your camp pantry. And man, you will be ready to eat some of the best food you've ever had because you're hungry and you've been hiking all day and anything really tastes good. But when you have some actual, some culinary chops and, and some spices, Ooh, Sean, oh, yeah. oh, I'm telling yeah. you, man, we're going to break that tent out here in about 15 minutes. You know what? Let's, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I know there, there's something quite like preparing a meal out. Uh, if any of you are interested, there's actually one of the other podcasts I listen to is field crop survival and they have a YouTube channel where one of their guys at the, at the company, George Bell, actually does a cooking, uh, he calls it insert ingredient here. And it's Ooh. literally a camping cooking show. So he does like one a week where he'll, nice. he'll, he'll be, he's obviously inside because they're, they're filming at their location in Utah, but they're using camping cooking gear. And a lot of it's like reclaimed from Goodwill and things like that, like uh, that they've found. And they do, they show you recipes, how to cook it, how to prep it and everything like that. Great resource if you're looking for some ideas um for for some like how to cook out they even have gear recommendations and stuff like that so that's uh, great yeah there's resources out there for uh like camp cooking because that, that yeah. is that is important well and and let's link that we'll link that in the mm -hmm. the show notes for this episode so you can get right over to that uh that youtube channel and check out some of the some of the goods they're producing over there um but Sean, I got a question for you. How much water do you bring when you're heading out for a two day trip, a one to two day trip? So it depends on a lot of it depends on like the climate where you're going. I think as a, a, uh, a good rule is especially because you're in a car, right? If, if you're backpacking, it's a different story. Uh, but if you're in a car, usually you want to plan for about a gallon per person per day. And that's that may be because it's hot. You're walking a lot. But since you're in the car, you need as much water as you can, because the last thing you want is to run out of water. You can also use it to shower if you want to, or if you uh, need to cook cook with it, you can have water. A lot of the campsites also will have potable water that you can use. 
But if you're not at a campsite that has that, I, I prep for at least a gallon per person per day. I'm not sure, John, what you prep for, but what, what, what's your recipe? No, no, that's actually, that's the rule of thumb that I try to follow um, gallon per day per person. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you can never, I'm, I don't mess around with water. Uh, that is the one thing that I know I need to keep me going. Um, and I just, I've been really dehydrated when I moved out to uh, Ridgecrest, California, which is out there just uh, northeast of Fresno. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's high desert. It's very hot. And I moved from um, down here in San Diego to out there when I was about, I think, or I'm sorry, it was San Clemente to Ridgecrest. And so I was about six at the time. And man, I got so dehydrated the first day. And I, from that point on, I mean, that was a real game changer because Mm -hmm. at six and a half years old, I, I still remember this being so dehydrated and just literally feeling like death. I mean, when you don't have water, your body just starts to shut down. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go some time without food and it's not a big deal. It's actually pretty impressive how long you can go without food. It's, but, it's the rule of threes actually. So it's three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food is usually a good uh, <laughs> kind of like a uh, judge for what you could survive. So water, water is almost even more important than food. I do think food is important, but water is crucial. And if you, if you don't want to pack a lot of water or even as a backup, there's also, you could do water reclamation. So bringing a pump filter or maybe some uh, like clean water tablets, like chlorine tablets, uh, things like that are also as good as a backup, but water is crucial. That's right. So let's jump into kind of some of the things that help when it comes to it's they're like, well, I'll just say right now, bring a knife, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and or some type of cutting device so that because because it's going to be a multi-use um, mm-hmm. accessory for you. One, it, it helps with self-defense. So if you feel threatened, it's nice to have some type of weapon, I would say. Um, but additionally, you know, if you're bringing more of I like fixed blades. Um, actually, I kind of I kind of just like blades in general. So I have like my daily carry that mm-hmm. I just always have, which is a benchmade bug out knife that is very lightweight. So that is like just always with me. It's nice to have a knife, but then two, uh, having like sort of a machete style slash fixed blade knife, whether it's for cooking or cutting, you know, firewood, some people don't bring firewood. So, you know, when you're scavenging for firewood, having that a little bit extra metal to cut, um, and shear through some of the the bigger logs is really important and nice. Um, some people bring a hatchet, but, uh, for, for having a knife, I would say, you know, having one that can also, you can cook a little bit with like prep meat and, or, uh, cheese, any of the things that you would be bringing, um, to get ready for dinner, lunch, supper, 11 C's. Um, that's important. Sean, you didn't laugh at my Lord of the Rings joke. I'm very disappointed. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, John. (laughs) My goodness. I thought we were engineering friends. It's the rule of threes. And you, you, you didn't. No, I did not. I honestly didn't even catch it. I, uh, I, I greatly apologize. No, it's okay. (laughs) So let's, uh, let's tell them. So you got to be able to store all of these, these foodies, this, Mm -hmm. this stuff that you, 
that you're going to eat, um, for all these meals. Uh, I eat a lot when I'm out on the, in the field. Oh yeah. And so having a cooler too is very important. Um, Sean, we actually just acquired a Coleman cooler for our Sedona trip and it's got wheels. It's pretty nifty, man. It's pretty nifty. Yeah. We have, we have several coolers, uh, that my family has accrued over the years from, kind of more like lunch pail sized to a gigantic one that, that we usually take if we're doing uh, like going to the beach and we're going to have a bunch of beer or something like that. It, it depends <laughs> on, on the size, but I, there a cooler is very important. And again, we're going to get on the, the whole brand name hype. There's a lot of coolers out there that are a little too expensive. In my opinion, I know mm-hmm. John and I sat on the phone a couple of weeks ago, kind of ranting to each other about the expense of coolers. Um, but I, I think that just having a standard cooler and you can buy them at most, I mean, you, you can buy them at grocery stores or anything like that. Costco carries them. So just a, a nice cooler and, you know, ice or ice packs, whatever you want to carry is it's important, especially to keep your food safe. Cause the last thing you want is your, food to be warm while you're out camping and then you get sick. That's the last thing you want while you're out there. So a, a good cooler is important. And the raccoons, Sean, those raccoons, oh, yeah. oh, the, those raccoons, the rabid varmint that come out of the woodwork for that food. Man, you wouldn't believe it. I saw three bears in up in Mount Whitney last year when I did it uh, in the campsite. Like I'm uh, like, like three feet away from people. It was the craziest wow. thing. I don't know what's going on out there in the wild, but I think they're, they're, they're getting something, Sean, they're, they're getting food. So they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're getting food. Also, we're getting closer into their territory. So they're getting hungrier. So that, that's actually a good point. Um, uh, is some sort of food storage. If you are going to be going somewhere that, that will have say bears or something like that, you want some sort of bear can or, or some way to lock so that the bears can't get in there. Um, that also helps. Uh, yeah. Know, and most, yeah. most campsites do have, if it is a bear territory mm-hmm. there, they will have a bear box built into the site. So just do yep. your research as, you know, get linking back to our first point, which is make the plan, you know, get an idea, go on the, the local forest, national forest website or ranger website, um, and figure out if it is a hotbed for bears or what you have to be looking out for, because there's plenty of things, animals, um, and we are going, that's a good, very good point, Sean, we're going into their territory. Mm-hmm. So let's treat them with respect and, and they'll respect us. So, and with that being said, you know, don't leave your Cheetos out for Joe Schmo to just come waltzing over and grabbing them. Um, because they probably will. <laughs> no, they will. They will 100% will. <laughs> that's some tasty stuff, man. Oh Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, this is another thing that is in my pack list, Sean. Uh, and it is a headlamp because, well, I just love it because, you know, back in the day, it was like everybody had the mag light. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. the mag light, mm-hmm. but it was like the huge flashlight that you could smack somebody and practice. Oh, I yeah. think people just liked it because it was so big and it used D batteries and they pack in the chamber and you kind of just felt awesome when you were carrying it around like, Hey, I got my mag light. <laughs> um, but now they have these, um, these beautiful things called headlamps. Mm-hmm. I have the black diamond storm, black diamond, great, great company. Uh, highly recommend all of their, their products, but it has, I mean, it, dude, it is amazing. It's like a computer. I still, <laughs> I still have the instruction manual in my bag. It's it came with like a, a mini quick start. 
just to remind myself how to get to all the different settings because it has the red light, the blue light, the green light, um, the white light max, the white, you know, like strobe. It's it's very intense, but it's and great. It's, and it's funny because like you went the really advanced headlight. I'm sitting here holding my headlight. It doesn't even have a name on it. Like there is no <laughs> brand. <laughs> I think it was an Amazon buy. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, you know me, I. I kind of, uh, well, I saw a good deal, man, mm -hmm. like really good. Deal. It was like more than half off and I oh, got yeah, it and the package was like dusty. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's, that was a steal right there. Um, so I, I pulled the trigger. I, I don't know. I, it was for my, uh, my backpacking trip when I, when I was really getting the gear going. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just having a headlamp of some sort. Uh, that's good. I love how we always have the different, the opposite <laughs> of, of the do. spectrum. It's so funny because um, I bought mine for my first backpacking trip and, and I was, I, I, I didn't have much money back then when I was trying to buy gear because uh, I was buying it all at once. And so I think I looked at REI and they were just way too expensive. And so I think I found like a knockoff, no name, brand. like there literally is no name on this thing. It just says LED headlight um, <laughs> <laughs> knockoff headlight. And it served me well over the last, I think I've had this thing for five years, five, six years. And it served me well. I mean, I used it last week to get something out of a dark garage. Like it, a headlamp is important, especially an LED one. Um, yes. Because they're ultra bright and their batteries last forever. So I know. Definitely, definitely invest in a headlamp. You will use it more than just camping. Trust me. That, that's right. That's that's what I was going <laughs> to say. It's like the, it's the thing that keeps giving. Mm -hmm. It's just so useful to have. And again, yeah. Don't, don't really look into like branding and all that. I mean, just having something that you can put on your head. I mean, keeping your hands free during camping. And that was kind of my point. It, it's very nice to be able to rummage around and, you know, even go out of the tent and relieve yourself without having to like be, mm -hmm. be holding a flashlight. Um, so yeah, headlamp is great. Uh, additionally, some things that are on the, the must have list that we think, uh, and that would be a fire starter. So it, depending on your level of backcountry experience, there's mm -hmm. a couple different fire starters that can uh, rear their heads, you know, depending on who you talk to. So some people choose to go the more naturalist route, which is the, the flint and fire starter steel. Um, and they, you know, you kind of, I don't know if you've seen that, Sean, but I, I don't oh, use yeah, one. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I haven't, I don't use one either. I'm a lighter guy myself. And exactly. matches. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I listened to a podcast a long time ago, years ago about, it was a survivalist kind of stuff. And the number one lesson I took away from it is they go, the guy goes, if I have to get down to using uh, a striker, things are, things are bad. Like I always carry a big lighter, big lighters, number one, then I have matches after the matches. Then I can talk about doing a striker. Like there's, there should be the levels of preparedness before <laughs> yes. you have to get down to rubbing two sticks together. So. I, I agree. I think, I think let's use our, uh, I, I have the mini Bic. It, it's like a part of my mm -hmm. food cook setup when I'm out on the, out in the field. And I just carry that with me. It all fits in my little camp cup. Um, so yeah, that, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. It lasts forever and you don't have to think about it. Uh, Sean, this next one is something we, we think is important as well. Yeah. So the, it, it's, it's one of those things that some people don't think of, and it's more important than you realize. And that's always some, have some sort of first aid. 
And depending on what kind of hiking you're going to be doing while you're camping or maybe riding bikes or something like that, you want to have whatever level of first aid you're going to need, probably something a little beyond what you think you need, because the worst case, something might happen. So it's important at an absolute minimum to have a standard first aid kit with band-aids, neosporin, maybe some burn gel, some bandages. You never know. You're going to be, you've got your cast iron pan. You forget that the the handle's <laughs> going to be hot and you grab it or you're prepping some bacon and you cut your finger. Like That's having right. some sort of first aid, like you, when you think you are perfectly safe, something always can happen. And so some sort of first aid, I know in my car, I have a, a the next level up. I actually carry a full uh, stop the bleed kit. So I have tourniquets, oh, nice. chest seals, um, nasal pharyngeal tubes. Like I have, I have the entire kit, but I took a class to learn how to use that stuff. Um, and so I wouldn't expect everyone to go out and get something like that without having the training, but at the minimum, some sort of first aid, because the last thing you want is you got a blister on your foot and you got to try and go hike the next day. You don't have anything on there. And so like for first aid is key. And I have a confession to to you, Sean, and and the listeners. I, uh, I I have been one of the the people who I, I don't bring the first aid kit. I always mm-hmm. go with people that have the first aid kit. <laughs> um, and I think I'm going to have to change that here, uh, just just for the sheer respect of the How to Hobby podcast. You know, I really need to start practicing what we're preaching to you. Uh, and Sean, you're inspiring me with your, your whole kit there. So I need at least, I have one in my car, but I haven't always brought one when I've gone out on the trail. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, I'm going to have to change that here in 2021. You never know. Uh, I did take a fall when I was hiking one time and I didn't feel like I had enough. Not that I was like bad. I mean, I had like my handkerchief. I always carry mm-hmm. a handkerchief to kind of, you know, clean up and, and such, yeah. but uh, yes, definitely great. And and I like your diligence with it, Sean. It's, it's inspiring me, which is why we're, we're buddies. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I would recommend getting some sort of a first aid kit, but then like there, there's always, and this is part of camping is some form of, of resilience and kind of preparedness, right? I mean, let's yeah. say I'm out on the hike and I forgot my first aid kit and I fall and I cut myself. I always make sure I have duct tape that I took and I wrapped around a water bottle I'm carrying. So I can peel the duct tape off. I can cover the wound. I can get back to campsite or I have duct tape wrapped around my um, hiking sticks that I'm using my walking sticks. I have something there. Like there's, there's always certain levels of preparedness you should be ready for beyond just the, I think I'll be okay. Um, so there's always like carrying duct tape or, uh, um, moleskin really helpful. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Blister, moleskin that saved me the last time. I'll tell <laughs> you. I keep, I keep it in my daily backpack. I use like that's, <laughs> that's how useful I think moleskin can be. <laughs> oh, it's super useful. All right. Well, let's jump into the nice to have, uh, Little little things here, tidbits as we close out this, what you need to get going. Again, we went through the must-haves and mm-hmm. that ended with the first aid kit. Um, but now we're going to jump into the nice-to-haves. And the first thing that we think is nice to have, which again, it's not necessary depending on where you're going, uh, what they have. Maybe you're familiar with the campsite, but chairs or some something to sit on that you bring from, again, I'm not going to tell you what you need to sit on, but I choose a, a camping chair. It's one of those, like it's a beach camping chair, Sean, that mm-hmm. folds out. It's got the four legs. You've probably seen it. And uh, I, uh, me and my wife both have one. So that's what I bring when I, when I head out there. 
Me too. I actually keep two camp chairs in my car at all times uh, and just in my trunk, just because like I'll want to go grab dinner and I want to go sit out and enjoy the dinner on like a cool place, cool, like sightseeing place. I'll just pull the chair out and then you can do that. So camping yeah. chairs are, are really nice to have. I got mine at REI. They were on like a 50% sale. <laughs> um, oh, nice. And like I went and picked it up and, and I've used those chairs more than I definitely more than just going out. Cause I actually haven't had that. I haven't been camping since I got them, but I just keep them in my car and That's... use them. And they're, they're really cool to have. That's great, man. Yeah. My wife got ours at CVS and they're polka dots. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I love sporting it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Living that dad life. <laughs> That's right, man. All right. Well, <laughs> so let's move into the next thing that is again, not necessary, but it can be useful. And that's actual pre-cut firewood for you. So mm -hmm. that way you don't have to go around in the middle of the night. And again, if you're starting out listeners for the first time, these are things that you probably do want to bring because they're going to make it easier for you to get into camping and feel comfortable. Cause initially, like I didn't feel comfortable camping as you know, some of my first times I was kind of just, especially as a kid, I was like, what's this? No, dad. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so bring some firewood. That'll definitely help you out uh, when it comes to the ease of setup. But I think this next one, Sean might have some experience with and, or maybe wanting to plan this one out because it has to do with the Subaru life, the car yeah. camping. Yeah. So one, there are a lot of different tools that can be really nice when you're getting into car camping and the, they, you could, you could just stick with literally throwing your sleeping pad down, you know, lay the seats down, throw a sleeping pad down, sleep in your sleeping bag and you can make that work. But there are cool little, you know, nice to have options. Like there are actual branded air mattresses that are cut specifically for your vehicle. So, and I'm not just talking to CVs. I've seen them for Toyotas, like Civics. I've seen like you know, everything, every kind of sedan to SUV to truck. They actually, a lot of companies will make specific branded mattresses that perfectly fit the contours of your car. They are expensive. This is why they're on the nice to have. They are well above and beyond what you need, but they are cool. You know, you're going to be sleeping in your car for a few nights, you're on a road trip, whatever it is. It's nice to have a little air mattress, a little air pump you plug in your cigarette lighter and, and you go ahead and fill that up. So that that's something I'm going to be looking more into. I haven't really done it yet. That's not something that I have invested in. Uh, but as I'm trying to get into the car camping game, that that's one of the pieces that I probably will be taking most of my budget and investing in that <laughs> so that you can get a good night's sleep. That's right. Uh, another thing that's super nice to have, and and this, my buddy actually passed this one down to me, Sean. I, uh, I wasn't a believer until I started doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just kind of one of those people that it's like, oh, shoes, a shoe, but a designated <laughs> pair of camp shoes that are comfortable for you. And in, in most, from what I've seen in most people's arsenal, it's either a type of barefoot shoe and, or a type of sandal. Now this, these sandals can range from just standard slip on with the, with the thong kind of, you know, that goes between your, your big mm -hmm. toe and, and index toe, or the, my buddy's a believer in the slides, the Nike slides. Um, he brings those on camping trips, like backpacking trips. That's how important this is to him. Um, I, th I still think it's a nice to have because again, depending on, you know, your view, maybe you're fine, but the whole purpose and point behind it, I think is important, which is getting your feet out of your shoes that you were in all day and kind of settling down 
next to the fire and getting comfortable enjoying, you know, uh, an, a cup of tea. Uh, if you're underage, maybe a, maybe a beer, if you're, if you're of age, mm-hmm. um, and just getting comfortable. Yeah. They, it's not a practice that I have, uh, joined yet, but I think it's something that as I, as I get farther in, uh, I will consider for me, I usually just, uh, leave my shoes on until I'm done for the day and then I'll take them off and then I'll just kind of walk around with socks if I can, depending on where I'm going to be. Um, but I do like, it sounds, it's one of those things that I'm listening to you talking, like you were, you were talking about getting a first aid kit. I think I might get some camp shoes. <laughs> well, that's good, man. We're, we're going to have to put one on the books here to start off 2021 summer yeah. season, uh, break out that tents, um, get you some camp shoes, try it out. I'll, I'll, uh, take your first aid kit for a, for a run in the, in the woods, um, plug my nose and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) All right. Well, let's jump into this last thing on the nice to have list and it is wet wipes. Oh Uh, yeah. We're not going to go into why this is important. Well, maybe we'll go into why it's important, but we're not going to go into the, the overall use. Um, but Sean, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, so wet wipes are the unsung unsung heroes of camping trips, especially especially extended day camping trips. Like if you're doing two, three, four days where you're not going to have access to a shower, uh, I'll go ahead and say right now having wet wipes is really really nice. If you're if you're not going for extended days, wet wipes are still nice to have because after you eat a meal, you can wipe your hands off, you can do whatever you need to clean up, wipe down, whatever it is. But if you're going to be doing extended days, it's really nice to ha- just carry some wet wipes. You know, wipe the the pits, wipe the nethers, you know, just kind of freshen yourself up. Like I was saying when John was talking about in the beginning of this episode of kind of uh, changing into some clean clothes at the end of the day so you can sleep in, sit around the fire, whatever it is. There's nothing quite like being able to kind of wipe off and restart your how you're feeling. It's very important. It makes you feel better. Your morale can shoot up. Um, so like, uh, when I did the trip to the channel islands, I brought wet wipes and I would just make sure to wipe my feet down. Cause you get the sweaty, you don't want to stink, whatever it is. They're, they're, they're the unsung heroes of, uh, of camping. And we put them in the nice to have category because they are, some people think that it's not necessary. Like they just don't care. And so that's why we, we kind of put it in the, it's nice to have category, but I will say for me, it's, it's a must have. I, I always carry wet wipes. It's really, really nice. They're really cheap. You can get a set of like 25 wipes at Target for a dollar. They usually carry them in the travel section. Um, and they're they're great little packs. I, I mean, I keep them in my car. I'm always ready for a wet wipe if I need it. So that that is the last of the nice to have category, John. That's right. So now, per our usual scheduled programming here at the how to hobby podcast we hope you enjoyed the what you need but we're going to get into how to get it all right this is where it gets real serious and we're going to just run through some of these options for you there's so many options today and first and foremost i'm going to say this right now sean my favorite thing before we even get into where and how is just going on google.com to Uh start when it comes to what gear you're trying to purchase Okay. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of outdoor gear review. Uh, we've linked, I'll link it again in the the description and why I'm a fan is it gives you a good idea of 15 products that you may be interested in getting. Okay. So if you're interested in getting, uh, 
for instance, a cooler or a tent or a sleeping bag or a sleeping pad to start off and get your camping going, they will run you through the different options from budget to this is the luxury of camping uh-huh. and all in between the, you know, the editor's choice, the budget pick and what that does for you. And I'll say, because this is how I've done it, I'll get an idea and then I'll take that term or whatever model it is. And I'll just throw that in Google. And you know how you can go in the Google shopping, Sean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tab is money, ladies and gentlemen. And what I mean by money is it's going to save you money because you can run through and usually nine times out of 10, you're going to be able to find a deal depending, especially waiting towards maybe the latter end of the year, the end of the season where they're they're trying to liquidate some of the like last year's models. Mm-hmm. You can find some of these websites that are, albeit a little bit, it, it, it'll be like backcountry R us, or um, I mean, there is one that is pretty common now and, and they've grown in popularity called backcountry.com. Okay. Um, and this is one that they just started out as a, as a brand that it, it's gray market stuff. And if you're not familiar with gray market, it's, uh, mainstream product that's been passed down in from wholesale and purchased by secondhand people, um, you know, legit websites, but they're, they don't charge the same price as the, the mother website. Mm-hmm. So you can get much better prices. And that's what I've done a lot of. Um, and it's really been a game changer for me because I bought my sleeping bag. It's great sleeping bag, mountain hardware for half price, my down jacket for half price, my, I went used for my sleeping pad. I got my sleeping pad brand new on Craigslist for 40 bucks, Uh, lifetime warranty. Um, I mean, I, again, just get creative, ladies and gentlemen, this is not something where you need to go and we're going to tell you, and it's going to be like this, this is the the way to do it. Um, Obviously we've talked about REI, Sean, Mm -hmm. it's a great resource. Yep. Walmart, Target, uh, Costco. We mentioned that earlier in the episode. These are all places you can check and try and find the best deal. But ultimately, be smart, get out there, and 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 you will find what you need, especially in this realm. Get the credit card, Sean, that has the purchase protection. So oh, if yeah. you do go to a, you know, a, a Go to Trustpilot, try and get an idea of the site. If they have a good review or good, you know, you're at least going to get the product. But I, John, <laughs> Sean, I, I bought a, um, a, this camp stove. It's lightweight. It's 25 gram camp stove. I bought it from a Chinese website Okay. for, I think it was $11 <laughs> and it took, uh, I think it took a month to get to me mm-hmm. because it was, you know, I think it came on a boat, but Hey man, I saved $10. (laughs) Hey, there you go. (laughs) And it still works. (laughs) It still works. Um, There there are deals out there. So like you can find them online, you can find them in store. There are deals to be had. There are coupons out there. So, you know, and this goes into part of the planning we were talking about earlier. If you're going to be going on a trip, don't wait to plan until the day before. Plan weeks, if not a month or two ahead of time so that you can, you know, make sure you have the right gear. If you need to order something, you can, you know, and it's going to take two weeks to ship. Make sure you have the time for that. So there, there's, there's an essence of planning ahead when you're going to be getting some of this stuff too. 
That's right. All right, guys. So let's jump into get out and do it. This is how we get you prepped, ready, and out there doing this and doing it well. So I think Sean and I, we both agree that it's important to start with a short duration trip so you're not as overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And with that, maybe just pick a one day, uh, one day itinerary, let somebody know and pick something close because you don't want to be getting too far out there to where you can't, if something, God forbid, were to happen, Sean, right? We Mm -hmm. want people to be close enough and within reach if, you know, something did happen. Uh, so that, and just again, so you're not as overwhelmed when you're starting out. Uh, what's, what's next, Sean, that's kind of something that could propel the listeners forward in a positive way. <laughs> so there, there's, if we, you know, John covered, start with a short duration, pick, you want to pick something close, something that's within reach, just in case you need a family come get you or whatever it is. Then the number one thing that is more important than most people realize when you go to get out and camp is you have to remember to put your phone down. So put it on airplane mode, leave it in the car, keep it in your pack, whatever it is, if you want to keep it close to you. You know, if you want to use it as a camera, I'm not a huge fan of that excuse. I think if you're going to use your phone as a camera, you can get a camera, uh, (laughs) lenses out there. Um, But I think that it is very important uh, to, to leave your phone behind. And by that, I mean, you know, put an airplane mode, keep it in your pack, whatever it is, because the whole point of getting out camping is you're kind of disconnecting from the stressful world of technology and society. And you're getting back to the roots of what it was like in the, the, the past to connect to nature, connect to, uh, people uh, that are also like-minded of wanting to go camp. Like there's, there are things uh, that we uh, it's important to, to remember why you're going out there and to, uh, to, to disconnect from society. Yeah. And, and it's very tempting today, listeners out there, especially with how Verizon is just their 5g is <laughs> taking over the world. So you never know when you're going to get service anymore. I mean, you could, yeah, Sean, I don't know if you're aware, but Yosemite Value Valley uh, is now 4G LTE um, completely like you, you get everything there. You get Facebook, mm-hmm. you get um, you get everything. So it's just it's just important. Yeah, guys, put it on airplane mode and don't either turn it off or put it on airplane mode. Again, yeah. if you need to use your camera, airplane mode is great. Um, I use Strava. I track my miles. That's great. But at the same time, I never turn it on because I don't want to ruin the experience. It's, it is an experience and it's important to connect with nature, with creation. So additionally, this is extremely important. And, and here at the how to hobby podcast, we are going to preach nothing less than leave no trace Mm -hmm. when it comes to getting out into creation, into this beautiful world that we get to experience and visit leave it how you found it and better because there are so many times you go out there and it just, somebody did the do or the dirty to your site before you got there and mm-hmm. you're left scratching your head. Like why, you know, why is this the way it is? So pack out your waste, pack out your trash, plan accordingly to be able to recycle and, and get back to society with 
more trash than you left with. And what I mean by that is when you're out there on the trail, pick up the, the wrappers that somebody left or dropped accidentally. Um, it's just a good practice to leave no trace. So with that being said, we're, we're coming up to the end of episode six here, ladies and gentlemen, and it has been another just wonderful night spending it with you guys talking with Sean. We hope you enjoyed this this episode about camping and we hope we've provided you guys with value. Uh, again, as we always say and say every time, don't forget to get out there and take chances and make mistakes. Don't feel like you have to be perfect in what you're starting and your passion for the hobby will grow. Give it time and remember to enjoy it and enjoy it. Well, uh, Sean, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for being here. And I hope to talk with you very, very soon in episode seven, man, looking forward to it. And we'll be getting this camp, this, uh, this camping trip on the books guys. Don't forget to reach out to us at how to hobby podcast.com. Sean, we have an Instagram. What's the plug? We do. We have an Instagram. It's actually just the handle is how to hobby podcast. Uh, we're going to be building that Instagram up in the, the coming couple of days and weeks and, and so you can follow us there. Feel free to send us a message. If you have questions, reach out to us. And, and we are here to support our listeners. That's right. Email us anytime at howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com. And we will get back to you. We might even feature you on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I know you want to get your, your question answered on the air. So we'd love to do something like that. But this has been episode six again. Get out there and do it and do it well. And don't forget to hobby with the best of us. Sean, I'll talk to you later. Good night. You too. Night.